I didn't realize you could go live on YouTube. It's double streaming. That's wow. why I got this little guy. It does Merlin, I, uh, you've gotten super high tech. <laughs> I'm gonna snap a photo. Are we live? We are live, yeah. Awesome. All right, let me just do the theme song here. Merlin, the theme song. Welcome to Photography Chat. I up the production Merlin. value a little bit this year. <laughs> Photography <laughs> Chat with Merlin. Yeah, it was uh, Moko only. Uh, he's a skateboarder from Vancouver and also like a great rapper. And uh, he did the theme music for me. So cool. Uh, welcome to another episode of Photography Chat. Uh, we are episode or season three, episode 39, and uh, we've got Mr. Jason Lee here. Hello. Welcome uh, to chat. I was just, um, thank you for having me again here. Absolutely. Um, I was just commenting to you uh, how much you've upgraded. Yeah. You, <laughs> you invested in some gear. So I'm gonna take a photo here with the old smartphone with you in it. <laughs> oh. And uh, I'll just put that on the, on the old story later to, see, to show everybody what it looks like. Before you just had you just had your computer with your with a, a monitor, right? Oh, it wasn't even that. I did it just off of an iPhone and like a Bluetooth speaker. That's was amazing. How I was doing it before. Now, as people will see, you've got what looks like a DJ setup, kind like, of like a techno electronic dance music DJ oh, setup, kind of. I forgot. I need to. She didn't say hi. <laughs> Edie, hi. We are live on the social medias. Uh, Edie just got home from school. How was school? Good. Was it good? Mm -hmm. uh, we are here in my little studio. Um, the kids just got home from school. We are live on the socials, as they say. We're, we're on the internet. On the interwebs. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a crazy setup now. With it's the, super with the high tech. Because it's... Uh, First I started with the iPad, and then someone was like, I want the audio to be better, so I ended up buying this Rodecaster thing, and then um, the video stuff was the next thing to happen, doing this um, the ATEM stuff. So like this, this little guy, stream straight to YouTube. That's crazy. Yeah. His, uh, my friend Big Head Taco, um, he's been trying to convince me to move platforms and switch mm. over to YouTube for this stuff instead of Instagram. But, so you've got, um, it you've got it covered on the, the gram and the, the YouTube? Yes. Awesome. Yes, sir. Edie, is it okay if I have a little chat with Merlin? Mm -hmm. Huh? And then we can play after? Okay? Mm -hmm. I love you. It's good to see you, Edie. Ready? Oi. Is the audio Bye, a bit sweetie. better now? Can you close the door, honey? Thank you. Oh, she got all bashful. <laughs> I love you. Is the, is the audio a bit better now? Or, I don't know, Instagram? This is like one of the reasons why I've been thinking about Oh, is, it, is this maybe scratching around Oh, no, a your, yours is okay. fine. They're saying that, like it's flat, but... Oh, okay. Um, it's... Fucking Instagram gets grumpy about, like, connecting Bluetooths and shit like that, so... Mm. Yeah, but it, it, it's been kind of a, a wild adventure um, no. doing, doing the chat thing. But um, 
Yeah, so we're here in your studio in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and uh, you just had an amazing opening. I don't know if you want to talk to everyone about that. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, down in San Diego uh, two nights ago, uh, we had an opening of an exhibition of um, prints from my Morning Walk series. Um, and uh, it was great to, um, I saw Grant Britton and a bunch of uh, skaters and people that I've known um, that lived down there uh, over the years from, uh, you know, from the, the, the skateboarding world. But yeah, um, Point Loma Nazarene University um, in the Keller Gallery there. Yeah. Uh, the show's up through October. And it's the first time I've shown any, any of the photos um, in person. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it tr turned out great. It was a great opening, and, and it was uh, nice to be down in San Diego. So how did you end up getting hooked up with those guys? Um, there's this really cool guy named Nicholas. He's the photography teacher at a, uh, a school in um, Riverside. Okay. So he's pretty connected to the kind of uh, college arts scene within Southern California. And he knows the guys down at PLNU. Okay. And he and I have been talking a lot over the years. And um, he said, oh, there's a great college down in San Diego. They have a really cool gallery down there, a great arts program. Mm -hmm. uh, you should do a show down there. You know, he's just one of those really cool guys that likes to support the arts and, and uh, connect people, which is really awesome. Um, and so he just reached out to them and they said that that would be great. Nice. We got on a Zoom and then I got, you know, the schematic of the gallery and photos of the gallery and I thought, oh, this is a really cool spot. It's such a beautiful spot. It's a great spot, great, great space to show in. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to show some morning walks prints. Uh, I started that series in March. Um, I started bringing my little point and shoot Nikon 28 Ti. That one there? Yeah, this one right here. It's uh, for Ooh, anybody interested in, in point and shoot cameras. Like I love the 28 Ti. That's like the holy grail of point and shoots. Um, it's got the fancy little dial on the top. But yeah, just on my morning walks, which I take pretty much every morning, um, I just started bringing my uh, 28 Ti along with me and just kind of documenting the, the neighborhoods and stuff on Kodak Gold 200 film. Nice. Um, and uh, so, you know, just collecting images from my morning walks. And then I thought, oh, that might be, it's San Diego, not LA, but it's yeah. still Southern California. Great space to show this work in and maybe we'll do that. And I pitched it to them and they loved the idea. And so I started working on it and, and then we had the opening on Aug October 4. Is it here? Did you have a, t a technical difficulty again? No, no, someone just had a question oh. here. Um, is Sam Grant, Pellegrino. Grant Britton still shooting? There's only ever old stuff on his feet. Grant is still shooting. Yep. And Grant does like wild stuff. Um, but he's kind of like, I think he's pretty selective of what he posts on there. Because he uses his Instagram mostly for business. So like when he's posting stuff, it's. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love that. I look forward to his posts. Dude, that shot he took of you, so nice. Oh, the silhouette shot. Yeah, let me, I have Grant's book right here. Oh, that's such a great book. Yeah. Just give Grant a little plug here. 
And, you know, shout out to Tim Raigo, Kodak professional. He's like everyone's film daddy. <laughs> Tim, Tim is the best. This is Grant's new book called Push by Ginkgo Press, and it's all, it's a selection of his 80s skate photographs. And needless to say, it's a deep dive. It's so good. It's a great book. Um, so it was nice to see Grant. I haven't seen him in a while. I, I go back to the 80s with Grant. And um, yeah, just, a, just an amazing photographer. Yeah, he's with so much history. Well, and, and, like his skate stuff is legendary, but like his fine artwork. It's great. Is exceptional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I was blown away. Like when um, I interviewed him, he was the first person that was like, hey, do you want some sample photos? And I was like, I've never thought about that before. But he's like, yeah, don't you want people to see my shit before, like, you talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> and so he's I think everybody knows who Grant is, or... Yeah, but the thing was wild, though, is, like, everyone knows his skate photography, but not a lot of people know his, like, creative stuff. Yeah, it's and really great. It's really great. It's, dude, it's yeah. his shadow play. It's really great. It, yeah. I don't think anyone else plays with shadows better than he does. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah. It was good to see Grant. Yeah, likewise. He's such yeah, a rad dude. He is. Um... Yeah, that's and, and like the guys in San Diego seem seem really cool. Um, I was curious, what um, what gave you a, the idea for the morning walk stuff? Well, we we uh, we are living again in the Los Feliz area, uh, where we used to live uh, up near Griffith Park. We used to live up there, and uh, occasionally I would take out this same camera. This was about ten years ago. Okay. And on walks through the neighborhood in the hills, you know, with black and white film, I would occasionally shoot as we would just be out on a walk. And then now that we're back in this area again for about a couple of years now, um, I thought, oh, I can, I can bring the camera out again yeah. on my walks. Because these hilly Los Feliz neighborhoods, and sometimes I walk over and up to the observatory, just the neighborhoods are, are just uh, so interesting, you know what I mean? I, we used to live sort of on like in Pasadena and the kind of outside of LA where it's just a lot flatter mm. and a little bit more sort of residential. Um, and being in these kind of tight, windy, kind of hilly neighborhoods, I don't know, there's just something about it that I really like. And, um, you know, walking down to Franklin and then all the way over to Vermont and in those neighborhoods, the neighborhoods north of Los Feliz Boulevard, um, even walking over to the observatory, the Silver Lake Observatory, and just kind of walking, just mainly for exercise purposes. But then having a camera like this allows you to kind of just document the environment. I know that Henry Wessel used to do that a lot, mm -hmm. going back you know, many, many years with his M6. He would always take walks and just kind of document the neighborhoods. And so it became uh, something that I started doing again now that I'm kind of back in this kind of photogenic, you know, uh, area of LA, but using color film now, um, which I'm really liking because there's a there's a certain pop to that that Kodak Gold 200 and yeah. just the you know just the the plant life and the flowers and the the different colors of the some of the garage doors and the fences and the you know there's just a kind of a very colorful, strange kind of world around, uh, around these parts. There, there's a lushness here. Yeah, that's yeah. That's really cool. There's a, cr there's, it's craggy, it's gritty, but it's also pretty. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little jumbled, mixed up and jumbled, but it's, it's a lot, got a lot of character. Dude, so much character. Like, it's been really cool exploring around here. 
Now, you said Silver Lake Observatory. Is that different? Uh, reservoir. The, is that different from the Griffiths? Well, the Griffith is the observatory. Okay. Silver Lake has a reservoir, a body of water, okay. and you can walk around it. And those hilly neighborhoods are really cool, too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, so when Armand and I were here last week, um, we went up there, and that's the first time I'd ever been to Griffith. It's so great up there. Dude. I mean, usually, sadly, it's really hazy, mm. and so you can't, I mean, on a really clear day, you can see the ocean, and the view is phenomenal from the observatory, but being that it's L.A., and the air isn't always very clean, um, it's, it, it tends to sort of be a little, a little a little hard to see, and a little filmy. In yeah. my in my hotel this morning, there was like no view. It was just smog. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's great up there, and that yeah. the observatory has so much history, and all those hilly neighborhoods are really fun to walk around in. Just all the different architecture and windy driveways and plant life, and it's yeah. There's it's it's a really special part of LA. This yeah. this part of it, you know. It, it was really cool to go up there because. Um, you just recognize like mo like all the movies you've seen it in. Oh, for sure, and yeah. It's kind of a trip. It's like I'm walking in the same place now. And, mm -hmm. You know, LA. Well, even Vancouver is a lot like that. Yeah. Like you know, you know, you you were just watching. We were talking about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And I always think about that Leonardo crap. <laughs> Did you just say the the crap the Caprio? How do you really feel about the Caprio? I li I like him. <laughs> But it, it's just an old old habit dies hard. But when he does that like whistle, point, oh yeah, point yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and like I always feel yeah. that when like you see a place you recognize and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, another yeah. place. Yeah, there's like, a lot of recognizable familiar places here. Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm recording live right now. <laughs> That's all right. What's up, sweetie? My other daughter wants to know how you write Happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's is the best time. Yeah. Um, I'm making it for mommy. Oh, that's uh -huh. very sweet. Here, I can write it for you, and then you can copy it in your own handwriting if you'd like. That's really lovely. Do you have a lovely. pen, sweetie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so much history here and, and so much character, I feel like. Okay, um, that's a Sharpie. Let me see if I can... Okay. That'll work. That's so, so nice, Bertie. Um, my friend John in Vancouver is like, I want to make a Mallrats reference, but I'm resisting. Oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm down for that. Dude, there just, just let her rip, John. Happy Valentine's. Okay? So you can copy that, sweetie, on a different paper. I'm writing this for Someone just you called you. some art paper? And your markers? So you can use different colors and stuff? Okay, I'm going to get you some art paper. Here you go, honey. Take that inside, <laughs> sweetie. Okay, close the door, honey. Yeah, I mean, dad life. That's <laughs> one of one of the one of the one of the uh, my um, the things that I look forward to is being interrupted, actually, which I'm constantly interrupted <laughs> with all the kids we have. How many do you have now? We have five kids. Holy shit! The oldest is 19. The youngest. Oh yeah, that's right. It was just his birthday yeah, uh -huh. the other week. Um, I mean, the, the, you know, I don't go more than like 12 to 15 minutes at any given time working in my office without somebody coming in. Just can I have a popsicle? <laughs> can you help me write Happy Valentine's? 
Um, and it's just, it's awesome. What's been like the wildest interruption you've had, one of them pull, where you're just like, how did you even do that? But you can't really freak out about it. Uh, it's, it's usually just wa them wanting something, hmm. you know? The fun ones are like, Daddy, can you come wipe me? You know? <laughs> After somebody's got, after one of the littles have gone number two, that's always fun. I'm in the middle of working. Dad, can you come wipe me? <laughs> sure, I can't wait. Yeah, so I live for this. This, yeah, is, this exactly. is the whole reason I had you for it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's all fun. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I didn't do the kid thing, but I live vicariously through, uh, through my brothers. They had right. a pair each, boy and girl. Right. And... Uh, my niece Colby, I got her into photography when she was like five, and um, I gave her my old iMac, mm -hmm. and my brother's like, she makes me feel stupid, because we were trying to figure out how this iMac works, Yeah, and she's never seen a computer before, and she's teaching them how to use it. Wow. And so she's like mastered iMessage and all that stuff, so I get like random texts from her on the computer. That's crazy. the most ridiculous things, but it's cool seeing like photography from like that view. For sure. And what's important. The little them. girls each have, exactly, what, they, what they're interested in. Yeah. They each have those little insects cameras. Oh, those are so cool. Um, and I, of course, I have to say, just, it, the, it actually costs film, yeah. or it costs money. Don't just fire away. So you have to kind of walk, and you know, my kids have also shot point and shoots over the years, you know, as when they were younger. Um, and you kind of, they're used to the iPhone where you can, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, kinda, just you don't want to stifle, you know, stifle them at all, but you also have to remind them that it's film and it costs money and there's only so many frames yeah. and then you have to put a new roll in. So, you know, you kind of, you want to be encouraging, but you have to also let them know that it's not just an iPhone where you can just click, 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 click. There's, there's some money involved, you know? I did that with um, my niece Colby and her brother Noah. Um, I went there to visit a couple months back, and I got them disposable, like reusable disposable cameras. Okay. Because uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to like, you know, yeah. shoot some stuff with them. And uh, my nephew went ripping outside, and I, I could hear his mom, Don, say like, Noah, like leave your camera inside. And she's like, it'll be fine, because it was like one of those Ilford ones that had a lanyard. Oh, yeah. And like two minutes later, I hear like blood curdling crying, and like he tripped and smashed the camera open. And he's like, Uncle Merlin's going to hate me. I let all the pictures out of the camera. <laughs> he was just bawling. And oh, so no. I like went into his room and I'm like, buddy, like, it's cool. Like, I'm, I don't hate you. Like, of course I still love you. Mm. And I was like, you didn't let all of the pictures out. Like, some of them are probably going to be okay. Sure. But like, some of them might have like weird like lightning bolts or like. And that could be cool. Yeah. yeah and I was like, and it, it's kind of like art. And he's like, I made art? And I'm like, that's kind, rad. Kind of. And then. So his, his camera's janky now, and it needs mm. to be held closed with tape. That's all right. And so I throw another roll of film in there, and he comes back like a couple hours later, and he's like, look, I finished another one, and he has it open. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, no. Like, oh, that's great. Ask for an wow. to help you rewind it. You gotta you rewind open. it first, yep, wow. Yeah. But he's like, but I made art, right? And I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have told you that. Because well. like, now you're just gonna do that on purpose mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in this they've course, gotten used to with these though, knowing that it's something different. I don't think they totally mm -hmm. understand film, but they've got it's they've gotten used to it enough to where they know there's no screen on the back kind of thing. You know that it's different. Yeah. Than an iPhone, and that it, you know, 
but it, they get really excited to look through the viewfinder. And so I had a 35 Ti, yeah. and the panorama switch mm -hmm. burnt me on what the Tulsa trip. Um, I put you it, had it accidentally clicked over, I put it so in my all pocket. your photos were, were yeah. cropped. Do you, all the pictures that um, Anne took of the two of us are all cropped with that stupid panorama. Oh. <laughs> so when I still had it, before I sold it, I gaffer taped the panorama uh, oh, thing. Yeah. I've like, never had, oh, now I'm double checking mine. <laughs> no, it's off. Well, it's because I, I used to just shove it in my pocket. Oh. And yeah. Yeah. I learned great the cameras. Way. Great cameras. A beautiful camera. And the watch movement on top mm -hmm. is actually made by Seiko. Really? Yeah. So it's a real watch okay. movement. I like um, the Olympus XA4 as well. That's a the cool 28 camera. millimeter little. That's one. One's even smaller than this. Yeah. And it's got that little, little, little flash attachment that you can put. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I love camera. the little pocket cameras. They're great. So why, why Kodak, uh, Kodak Gold for the. Uh, for the walks? Well, um, I wanted to, I used to shoot the Fuji C200. Okay. Which is, uh, I guess, a little bit lower grade, you know? Um, and I liked it a lot, but it was a little bit sort of, I don't know, um, the Kodak stuff, uh, the gold felt a little. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, John, John said the same thing I said. To what you, did he say? Yeah, would anyone like a chocolate pretzel? I mean, I, yeah, I, the amount of times I've heard that over the years is yeah innumerable. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate it very I, much. I felt like a dick when I said that to you in Boston. No way, <laughs> I love it. It shows that people care. <laughs> well, that's kind of like... Not they're paying attention. Well, I was, I was kind of like, I may never get a chance mm -hmm. to say this to you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, my ex-wife wanted me to say something from her best friend because her best friend growing up had like the biggest crush on you uh oh and she was always like i want to have jason lee's baby and i want to name it random that's crazy that's very random randomly <laughs> randomly that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> and random. i'm like i'm not going to say that to him for the very first time but now you have and, and on live it's, uh, it's on the internet yeah. so there you go megan he knows randomly you're welcome <laughs> that's funny so that it, you started with the Fuji 200, but then decided you wanted to go. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, it, um, I don't know, the Gold 200 has a certain kind of like gritty pop to it, I think. Do you know what well, I mean? It has a nice warmth to it, too. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm, with the bigger, I've always ever only just used Portra. Yeah. Like with the 120 Portra or 4x5 Portra. Um, and then I just, I did some portrait through this, and I did some Gold 200 through it. And I liked the Gold 200 more with this camera and for what I was doing with the, with the walks. Do you know what I mean? Nice. Just the, I just liked the way it looked and felt, just what I was shooting. Hey, Tim, did you hear that? He likes shooting Kodak over Fuji. Oh, I've been Kodak shooting Kodak for... <laughs> portrait is, the, is my go-to. No, it was just funny because when bigger cameras with the bigger cameras. When I was catching up with Ray on on the chat, he was talking about how he used to really love Tri-X, but then he started shooting Ilford more. Black and white Ilford is my go-to. Oh. Sorry about that. Because <laughs> I love the Delta films a lot. The Ilford Delta films. The Delta films mm -hmm. are great. Beautiful. Um, Day nineteen is wondering uh, oh, how how the opening was. Oh, it was awesome. Thank you, Jeremy and Claire. Um, out in Jersey. Dang. If I'm not mistaken, they're still out in Jersey. They used to have a cool gallery here in Highland Park. 
And Alan says he misses Boston right now. Alan is in, not, must be in Alabama then. He is, yeah. He's got bitchin' long hair. Alan grew his hair out. Yeah, he grew wow, his hair out. Okay. Looks like a rock star. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think Boston misses him too. Boston was cool. Boston was like wicked cool, man. Yeah. I, you I, just said wicked. Yeah. Don't they say that in Boston? Wicked? <laughs> wicked awesome. Wicked awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a wicked pizza. Yeah. Um, that's how Merlin and me met in 2018. I did a book signing at the Leica store in Boston. Thank you, Alan, again for that. And uh, Merlin was there. You had come down from Toronto. Yeah, and actually, so that was a big turning point for me, actually. Mm -hmm. And Ar Armand and I were talking about this in the car. I came with Armand. Yeah. Because I was living in Denton, Texas at the time. Yeah. And Armand, who owns Denton Camera Exchange, he went with me to Boston on this event. And Mer that's where I met Merlin. Merlin was there at the event. Yeah, and it was, it was a big turning point for me in, in, in a way, because like, I just moved to Toronto and I was having a really hard time integrating in Toronto. No. And uh, mostly that my body was like, no, you're a Pacific guy. And so I was, had like wicked insomnia living out there. Yeah. And so I was up at like three in the morning and I saw that you had just posted the Leica thing. Wow. It was like one in the morning Pacific. And you got in your car and drove. No, oh. <laughs> I bought the tickets. Well, you bought the tickets. Yeah, because it, it was like posted 25 seconds ago and I was just like, there's not wow. a lot of tickets. I should probably buy this. And what's that drive from Toronto to Boston? Jeez, um, oh I think it's like maybe a day and a half. Whoa. I flew down for that one, though. Oh, you did? Because I was going to drive, and then yeah, I had a bunch of drive. points and decided to just do that. Okay. And now yeah. you're in Vancouver. Yeah, I'm in Vancouver, yeah. I just gave you some paper, honey. <laughs> I used it. Oh, you need more? Okay. Are you dead? Okay. Here's some paper. <laughs> what happened, Edie? What What's happened? up, Uwe? She didn't, she didn't try the bottle and she didn't want it. Now she tried and she does want it. You like the bottle? Your new bottle? Okay. Uh, can you help her, Bertie? Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. Okay, you can have your other bottle. Here you go, Bertie. Can you please take that in? <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. What's up in Toronto, Chris? Right now, I think the thing is hilarious right now office. because Jason is wearing Sorry. a um, wireless uh, I guess she just wants her bottle. He's, uh, no. He's, uh, you can hear him. I can't she just hear doesn't him, want it, though. Can. And Bertie, Bertie I, I helped you last time. Maybe mommy okay, can help you this time with what? We're going to mute him for a moment. <laughs> dad life. Yeah, hashtag dad life, right? Oh, yeah, dad life. It's the best. <laughs> um, yeah, Boston was like, it, w it was a wild thing for me because I bought those tickets. Yeah. And then I immediately freaked out because I was like, what if? You're an asshole. What if I was an asshole? Yeah, oh, and then man, I, I should have like... been one <laughs> to make your dreams come true. No, that, that would that would have been the worst. Because like uh, I don't know, you're you're up there with a bunch of photographers that like you know have uh, who really inspire like my own work. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, shit, if he's a dick, that's gonna like really ruin stuff for me. So 
Uh, luckily, you weren't. Thank you. And uh, Armand was also really amazing. Armand is a sweetheart. Armand is a sweetheart, and like meeting Armand was like a very big turning point for me because yeah. like through him, that's where I learned about the Instant Film Society and sure. all that. And like none of this would have happened if I didn't go to Boston. That is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're I a big part of that story. Thank you, Merlin, and it's yeah. good to be friends after. Dude, it's great. Still friends after four years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild, actually. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is, is you know, I like to chat. I like chatting about photography. Yeah. I'm, I remain inspired every day as a photographer. And um, any opportunity I can get to talk about it and hang out with rad, nice people and talk about photography, it's, it's super fun. Much like yeah. skateboarding. Hanging out with skaters, skateboarding, reminiscing about skateboarders, talking about you know, uh, talking about skateboarders who inspire me. Same thing with photography. I mean, I met Henry Wessel, who's one of my... Uh, when, when did you meet him? Who sadly passed. Um, oh, goodness. But I met him in uh, 2010, I believe. And we hung out for an afternoon, and I shot an 8x10 Polaroid of him. And we kept in touch via email, but I didn't see him again after that. And then, sadly, he passed, yes. you know. Um, but he's one of my f photography heroes, Henry Wessel, for sure. And when I met him, he had already been actively shooting for 40 years, I think. Oh, wow. And he's, he still carried around his M6, which he always had on him. And he was, he was as excited talking about photography with me as, as if like he had just started. And he had been shooting for 40 years at that point already and had so many books published, exhibitions in museums. I mean, he was a big... And he was still He stoked. was in the new topographics exhibition in 1973 at the Eastman Museum in Rochester. Yeah. I mean, he was a big, big photographer. Yeah. He was giddy like a kid talking about photography. That's beautiful. Though. And that's so inspiring to me because I feel like when you're really passionate about something, when you care about something, when it motivates you and there's a cool community around it, it's just fun. There's no bullshit. Yeah. I love taking road trips with photographers. I like meetups. I just love nerding out about stuff. It's fun. Like, what kind of film do you like? Have you tried this? <laughs> Have you tried that? Here, borrow my camera. Here, let me borrow yours. And it's just all fun. And if it's not, then why do it? You know so, what I mean? So I'm going to a question for you on film here. What film stock in 35 millimeter medium format would you love to see in large format? Uh... That's a good question. Mm. And Matoria says uh, that he can still help with the dishes. He can still help with what? The Lee household, gotta love it. He can still help with the dishes. <laughs> I can still help with the dishes. Did Matt do dishes here before? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is uh, from NorCal. He's a sweetheart, another great cool person from the film community, you know what I mean? And uh, we're, we, I'm also on a text, a group text with Matt Burt and Eric Bouvet, because oh, nice. we're all diehard Dodgers fans. And we talk crap about <laughs> baseball and stuff. And that's been, I think that group text has been going on for years now. That's right. But, and, and we've been able to go to one game, me, Eric, and Matt, at Dodger Stadium. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Um, uh, film in large format, I, it's, everything's pretty much covered for large format, 4x5. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I don't think there's any films that I would want to see bigger that aren't already available in bigger sizes. I think I'd like to see double X and like four by five. Mm, that's cool. That would be, yeah. that'd be cool. Mm. They, they te like Cinema still teased about it. Okay. But yeah, they they do that a lot, which is kind of me. Yeah. Um, Andrea asks, uh, what is so inspiring to take pictures that most people don't think twice to look at? What is what? Um, what is so inspiring to take pictures that most people don't think to, t uh, to look twice at? Well, that's a really good question. Um, wow. Um, Wow, that's a great question. Uh, da, 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 da. I think it's kind of like skateboarding where, you know, once you get... Are you laughing? No, Ryan Ackerberg is like... Oh, yeah, I love Ryan Ackerberg. He, he said, go Giants. Oh, Ryan Ackerberg, you suck. Um, Ryan's a good friend, but he's, yeah, he's a Giants fan. I like Ryan. Um... Yeah, I think once you get the bug, you kind of just see things. It's almost like skating, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, as a skateboarder, you see the environment differently, I think. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. there's a, there's not only are, not only do you see things maybe that non-skaters might not see in terms of like skatable terrain, but there's a kind of spontaneity that, that, that gets in you. And you just kind of, you move, maybe just you move with, some kind of strange curiosity curiosity and yeah absolutely and with photography it's the same thing like some odd thing poking out or where existing where it shouldn't exist kind of grabs your attention and you might it might be funny it might be some odd yeah. ironic kind of scene or some beautiful interesting shadow lines or there's some things just poke out and you notice them maybe in a way that somebody might not and you just it's interesting for some reason or another, and you just on your morning walk with your little dealio, you just kind of walk by and snap it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and or you pull the car over and get the large format camera out and the tripod and the whole thing, and that's a little <laughs> bit more tedious. But that's a lot more. Tedious. It's an it's kind of a gut feeling. It's kind of an instinct. It's kind of like a an organic um, feeling, kind of drawn to something for various reasons you know what i mean sometimes the lighting sometimes it a, a scene might kind of remind you of something you've seen in a movie mm -hmm. you know what i mean they're just familiar feelings it's all kind of feeling based ultimately um and then so you shoot it you know if that makes sense oh, it totally makes it's sense. A kind of and organic feeling based thing i think well and, and what's cool when when you see like um, really good work is it makes you feel too and that was something that like I got off the of plane view like we were talking about mm -hmm. that um, down south is that like looking at your book even though I'd never been to that part of Texas up until mm -hmm. just recently uh -huh. um, it reminded me of, like my childhood like the road trips my dad wow. would drag us on and yeah. like you there's like that those nondescript kind of places that you drive by. Yeah, a lot of that there. comes from that too for me. Growing up in the seventies and road tripping up we have family in Northern California. Oh nice. So a lot of summers driving into the mountains and the redwoods and going fishing and you know, there was just a certain feeling. 
Yeah. And kind of smell in the air. I don't know if anybody's from the West Coast here listening, or Ryan Ackerberg, certainly, uh, Matt. <laughs> but there's a, in the summer when you would go camping as a kid, there's that warm pine needle smell in the air. Yes. And it's the, one of the best smells ever. But I remember like the gas stations and the redwood trees and the cars we would be in and the smells and the gasoline and the pine needles and, um, and then watching films like Paris, Texas, which of course, Robbie Mueller, the cinematographer is yeah. a big inspiration. Um, his color palette in Paris, Texas is phenomenal. That was an inspiration for me. Uh, when I was living in Texas and driving around with the 4x5 camera and making exposures of just kind of wherever Texas. So I kind of draw from, you know, feelings from memories and childhood and certain colors and um, certain architecture maybe. And But again, it's all very spontaneous, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, there's nothing better than like uh, coming upon something just being in some random town somewhere and there's a scene that kind of got, gets you excited you know yeah alpine was like that driving alpine's great highway 90 isn't yeah. it yeah yeah that was that was really cool when you were there recently did you get any of the cotton clouds or was it just blue it was just blue but when you get those texas cotton cloud skies it's insane there were some crazy like anvil clouds through arizona though mm -hmm. And that was kind of wild. And then just also like seeing all the cactuses. It was so as, great. As, like a forest of cactuses. That, that was super yeah. weird to me because I'm like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. cactuses, but it's like, that's what like a pine forest would look like back home. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of a trip. It's, it's great. In between California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, and then, you know, Colorado, uh, Utah. What is, how does it go? Colorado, Utah, and Nevada. You know, that whole yeah. square, I've covered so many miles within it over the years, and it's just the best. Oklahoma like it, is super cool. Like, Oklahoma is like great. through the Midwest. Oklahoma is like, great. Um, you know, you can take um, Highway 395 from Southern California, yeah. the 14 to 395, and you, you pass Mammoth Lakes and all that. And then you take the 6 through Nevada, and you go up into Colorado, Utah, Utah, Colorado. And then you cut down into Taos, New Mexico, and then you go along the river that way. Oh, that'd be and cool. then you end up on 40, and then you go 287 down into North Texas. So I would do that sometimes, and that just yields amazing photos. When, when we went to uh, your, your show at the Philbrook, um, we drove through like parts of the old Route 66, mm -hmm. and like one of the coolest parts was we went through Catoosa in Oklahoma, uh -huh, yeah. with like the blue whale of Katusa, mm -hmm. and we got to meet um, the keeper of the blue whale Katusa. That's right, you told me about that. That's yeah, so cool. Blaine, he's mm -hmm. just like such an odd character. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll never forget his story about the uh, like tornadoes. Yeah. Because he's like, I've done survived four tornadoes. I like the accent. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, and when I say, or no, he's like, I've been in four tornadoes. And when I say, in it done picked me up and brought me to a new location that's crazy and so he's like when i hear that tornado siren i go on down to the cement shit house you'll see it down there it looks like a safari hut but i, I hunker down in that shitter until it's all clear because i don't want like, the law of averages states i should not tangle with a fifth <laughs> that is fantastic <laughs> but you, you're just such an interesting character and yeah. I, I was really blown away by how friendly 
the people in the Midwest were. Yeah. And just like mm -hmm. open to share their stories and like. For sure. Yeah. It was really cool. For sure. Yeah, it's it's the best being out on the road and kind of just ending up places that you've yeah. never been. Like, so I've been in, I've stayed in little towns of population fifty. I've been chased out of towns population fifty. <laughs> Honestly, like just roaming the little neighborhood and with my camera just shooting out the window of just different structures and stuff like that. And, and people and get grumpy. followed by a guy in a big kind of red tow truck. Oh. And they got out of his in some small town in Oklahoma. When I was roaming Oklahoma, shooting photos there for that exhibition. Yeah. And he goes, Is that what, book ever what coming out? Yeah, well, yeah. What are you doing here? I oh, know, I'm sorry, I'm just a visiting photographer. I'm just admiring your town. And, and he did not like it at all. Jeez. And it was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little scary. And then I see in my rear view mirror, almost like a Hitchcock movie, you know, I'm looking in my <laughs> rear view mirror and I see the truck behind me. <laughs> and as I cro get out of the town, I see in my rear view mirror, he pulls away, and, you know, so I was like, okay, good. You're like, okay, I, ma it's I made safe, it, it's safe I made now. it, I made it, I made it, yeah. Uh, Armand and I had, like, a bit of a movie moment after breakfast. Right here in L.A. <laughs> at Astro Diner. A guy with a crowbar threatening <laughs> your lives. <laughs> well, I mean... I heard all about it. So it was funny when Armand told Zane about it. The very first thing Zane said was like, what did you do to provoke him? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, I mean, it could have been de-escalated a little bit, but it was sort of my nightmare. Like, the last thing I wanted visiting L.A. was to have, like, a whole mob of LAPD and the chopper. The chopper came out. That is crazy. It and you so were wild. in the parking lot sh shooting an 8x10 Polaroid of Ray Barbie. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the first and last time I'm ever going to see Ray Barbie. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ray was just like, I want to go home. And he was like, trying to stay away. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry about this. He's like, man, I just want to go home, but I don't want to go near my car because I don't want that guy to know it's my car because he threatened to smash your car up. Because like, the guy... <laughs> It was kind of funny because the whole thing started because Armand said he was tougher than the guy. And he's like, oh, you Armand think said that. Yeah. He's like, you think you're so tough? And Armand's like, yeah, I'm pretty tough. And he's like, I don't think you could survive what I've survived. And Armand's like, I could survive what you survived 10 times over, dude. And the guy's like, all right, you get ready and I'll get ready and we'll see who's tough. That's amazing. <laughs> the wow. dude deked around the dumpsters at Astro. And like, while I Came was, back with a crowbar. Yeah, no, but he like, he prepared. But so, where did he get the crowbar, though? In his shopping cart, I'm guessing. Because he, like, pushed his shopping cart around the corner. Oh, he had a cart with him, okay. Yeah, and... I thought he just went off and <laughs> randomly found a crowbar and came back with it. And yet, he was shouting from, like, over behind. He's like, I, just a minute. I'm, I'm getting ready. We'll see who's tough in a minute. Just one more minute. And then That's he amazing. comes out, like, with the freaking crowbar, and Armand ran away from him. And he's like, not so tough now. And he's like, I'm going to fuck your friend's truck up. And I'm like, please don't. It's like a work vehicle. You should have been like, I'm not even from here. I'm Canadian. <laughs> well, that's what I said. I'm like, I'm from Canada. I'm visiting. This is a work truck. And I'm, I don't want to try to explain to work that like a dude in a ski mask with a crowbar smashed the he shit out of him. He had a ski him. mask on. He put a ski mask on. That's amazing. Dude, it's like nightmare fuel. That's a movie, <laughs> right? That's a movie scene right there. <laughs> so that was your Hollywood experience. And I was like, dude, this is not a believable story. Like, if you fuck my truck up, work is not going to be like a homeless dude in a ski mask with a crowbar did this to your truck. No. Like, this wow. not very believable. Wow. But the best part, though, Armand keeps running away from him. And the guy's like, 
such a tough guy, you keep running away from me. And then he finds a wiener schnitzel cup on the ground filled with some who knows what liquid. And he picks it up, and while Armand has his back turned, just lobs it at him. And just like direct hit, like right in the small of Armand's back. It's like all over the place everywhere. And it was like that dude's proudest moment. Like he was like, it was like he was in like the end, end box in the football game doing like the dance. And he's like, woo! <laughs> he was actually doing that. Yeah, he was that, like, this guy, so wow, stoked. this guy sounds like a. He was like his character. Pr- proudest moment. He, he did that like, and then got arrested. Yes. Wow. Yeah, for assault with a deadly weapon. Whoa. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. And the cops are like, we know this guy. Like, don't, don't worry. I, we'll I should have been there because I would have challenged him to a dance-off. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, right? And I would have let him win, even though I would I could actually win over that. Yeah, because they just... Had, if anybody's seen My Name is Earl, you know I've got the moves. Um, Dude. And I would have let him win, and then he would have, like, walked away just stoked on the win the dance victory and no violence would have would have taken place. Well, like, no violence really happened. Like, there was, like, verbal altercations, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, Armand deserved the Wiener Schnitzel Cup. I, I'll say that. Really? Yeah. Uh-oh, Armand, he's calling you out. Yeah. But you did get the 8x10 Polaroid of Ray. Yes. And you can see how <laughs> worried Ray was. Wait, so you, <laughs> you, the guy got arrested and then you made the exposure? No, no. All of, like, the escalation was happening while I was taking So you're photo. literally under the dark cloth, like, focusing. Yeah. And Armand's fighting with a guy in a crowbar. With yeah. a crowbar. <laughs> well, he, he was provoking him. And, like, Armand's like, yeah, I'm tough. And he took his shirt off. And he's, like, doing, like, fucking punch. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish I was there, man. You're li- that is so crazy. You're in the parking lot of Astro Diner. You're you're composing a eight by ten photo of Ray Barbie, who's yeah. just an absolute legend. And, and Armand's behind ever. you, like getting ready to tangle with some random dude in a ski mask and a crowbar. That yeah. you can't write that. No, you can't. That's amazing. Yeah, it. Wow. Um, that was my Hollywood moment. Okay, yeah, that's a very exciting moment. Yeah, and then I met a friend uh, for lunch at Astro, and he's like, "This place must be good if you're willing to come back after yep. experiencing the crowbar man." Mm-hmm. Which it absolutely was. Uh, Dave Sinadar said that it's beautiful to see the success that you've had because many skateboarders don't see that. Growing up, his brother was like, yo, check out this skateboarder. And that was the first time he saw a 360 flip. It's so awesome. I love Dave. Yeah, he Dave, made that great book with the, all the portraits of the photographers. Dave's so awesome. Yeah, Dave is awesome. I, I love Lopez it. is in the house. Eric, yeah. Eric Bouvet is in the house. Yeah, Bouvet's in there. Tim Raigo saying skateboarding and film culture and community so interrelated. Ryan Ackerberg's there, Matt's there. Yeah, Ackerberg is busy trying to prop up the Giants. I think he's like the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think he's the only one. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. I, couldn't I think help Ryan's it. just bummed that the Dodgers are the best team in baseball and the Giants got eliminated. <laughs> JR says, I mean, look at you. You're the kind of guy that begs for sex. I should know. We can smell our own. Yeah. Yeah, that's a more rats quote. My favorite one was like, what? I was relaxed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Eric wrote, love pine trees, but hate sap. (laughs) I I do love the smell of of the pine trees. I love the smell of commerce in the morning. There's another mall rats line. Dude, so Kevin Smith did let let a little hint about mall rats. A mall rat sequel? 
Yeah, and he said that uh, Ben Affleck is totally game, and his new progression of the characters is going to be a senator, which seems perfect for the douchebag from Fashionably Male. Yep. Yeah. I'm open. I'm totally open to, uh, to, to doing a kind of where are they now Mallrat sequel. Um, Alan says he admires how you can breathe life into a scene that would otherwise be passed by very cinematic. And I can see why you're a fan of Kristen Berry and Wonders. Awesome. Thank you, Alan. I love William Kristen Berry. Alan uh, is uh, from Alabama. So, and that's where Chris, William Kristen Berry is uh, from, the, uh, the photographer. One of the, I think the first photo book that I got was uh, William Kristen, a William Christenberry book of his photographs of uh, rural Alabama, Hale County, Alabama, where Christenberry oh, wow. was from. Uh, this is a good book. Let me recommend this book if I can find it. Um, William Christenberry, his Kodachromes. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is a great book. Um, beginning in the, um, the 60s and then going all the way into the late 70s. But it's all, it's a selection of William Christenberry's um, Kodachrome photos. Those are beautiful photos. This is a great book. But yeah, his stuff was some of the first that I had seen. Um, and I liked it. Sorry, people are uh, making a crowbar reference to the Big Lebowski. And he's like, this is what happens oh. when you fuck a stranger in <laughs> was the Was he ass. a nihilist? Yes. Oh, he's a nihilist. Oh, that must be exhausting. <laughs> when the dude goes, oh, that must be exhausting. Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in that is movie. So, when he goes... Yeah, he's like, ooh. It's like... Uh, he can watch, but he has to pay $1,500. <laughs> and that's why we love her. Yeah. He's so good in that movie. He's fantastic. Like, oh, such yeah. a great movie. Amazing. Um, Amazing actor. Where else here? Let's see what... Okay, we caught up on questions, but we've got one here. Um, have you tried the re-released Ectochrome? Dave's curious about that. The new Ectochrome, have you tried it? Oh, oh, um, I have not, no. Is it good? I'm, I'm not really an ectochrome person, so mm. I didn't like it. Mm. Everyone was like raving about it, so I tried a roll. Mm. And it looked fine, but the problem I had with it was it's like, it's really cold looking. And okay. If I wanted that kind of like cold blue look, I'll just shoot Fuji and not have to deal with E6. That's kind of why I like the Gold 200 over the Fuji C200. Mm. The C200 was a little bit colder, and the port, the, co the Kodak stuff's a little bit redder, a yeah. little bit warmer. Well, for me, he's like, here's the trick with film. Look at the box it comes in, mm -hmm. and that kind of is like a hint of the hues. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, and he's been right about it, because every time mm -hmm. I've shot, it's like Fuji, great greens and blues, yep. Kodak. Dude, Hegfa Vista, I love that stuff. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was a cool film. Yeah. I was sort of bummed when they killed off that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Sca the Agfa Scala, the, the original Scala. Yeah. Unbelievable film. Do you have a stash of it? Or? I do. I have some, yeah. What, what is your like most sacred film? My Polaroid, 8x10 Polaroid films. 
that I still have. Most of the black and white stuff is dried up, but that's that's a shame. But I have 809. I have some boxes of 809. Thanks. The color stuff, the chemicals stay on that pretty well, but it gets streaky. But mm. you still you, you you get a full spread of chemical spread on that stuff. Whereas the black and white stuff is a bit hit and miss. Um, and then the Scala stuff that I have. Um, incredible film. All the black and white stuff for the Oklahoma show it was, all was Scala? medium 120 Scala film. The nice. original stuff. Yeah. And DR5 processed that. DR5, yeah. Dave isn't really processing stuff right now. Yeah. But uh, he, he, he processed the Scala stuff absolutely beautifully. That was such a nice exhibition. Oh, thanks, man. I yeah. Um, I love that one, the big one that Steve printed for you. That Steve had the crazy story behind it of like scanning the, that the kind of and quiet, dilapidated shack, kind of just in the middle yeah. of the feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that was Scala too. Um, that was Scala, uh, and then. Um, uh, yeah, he, the way he had to put that thing together to make a print that big was crazy. But um, yeah, the Scala stuff that I have is really important to me. Um, hopefully, Dave will you know be up and running at some point, you know, so that he can process that Scala. But Sinadar says that's on his agenda to learn the DR5 process. Yeah, talk to Dave. Dave loves to talk uh, chemistry. Um, Ryan Ackerberg actually is living in Ohio now and they got to meet up which is really cool but yeah uh, Dave Wood loves to talk about chemistry and, the, and, and uh, film and uh, Dave you should reach out to him he, he would love to hear from you yeah and 809 it's something I've wanted to play with but it's so expensive on eBay it's just it's bonkers I used to get that. my 8x10 Polaroid film at Sammy's camera, and it would—it was like a hundred and something bucks a box, yeah, and I could just go in and grab it off the shelf, brand, you know, fresh, yeah. back in the day. <laughs> and to my fault, I—you never, nobody ever thought there would be iPhones, and yeah. that film would almost die out, and that there would be social media and all of this stuff, smartphones, and you know what I mean. Yeah. So to my fault, I probably just took it for granted, like, oh, I'm not shooting this. Uh, it's not in the refrigerator, it's in some box, you know, like I was probably a little bit... Aloof with it. A, a, yeah, a little yeah. bit irresponsible. Just thinking, ah, uh, they'll keep making it, and then, of course, that didn't happen. Well, they so. still make it, but they don't They don't make the peel apart 8x10 anymore. It's all integral, so it's flipped around. It's and flipped, and it has that plasticky sort of coating. Yeah, the mylar. The yeah, mylar. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I like the original a lot. It was... It was uh, um, I was shooting um, the 664, the 100 speed black and white Polaroid film off my Mamiya RZ67 back oh, in the nice. day. And I was like, oh, this film is really chalky and gray and beautiful. Um, I wonder if they make it in a bigger size. And that's when I found so out they made 4x5 and 8x10. You uh -huh. made me a drawing? Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. Happy Father's Day. That is so sweet, Birdie. Thank you so much. That's great work, Birdie. 
I have <laughs> some of their of the kids' artwork on my wall here. Some of Bertie's drawings. My son did number one dad. Uh -huh. So we're gonna we're gonna live pin this up on the board, okay, Bertie? Yeah, that's so cool. And Edie made this one. I made this one for Christmas, so Edie ruined it. Oh, Edie and, ruined it. <laughs> and this is Edie's, and I think I made this. And Look, boo -boo. this is me as a mummy. I know, I love that. Some of her drawings remind me of Tim Burton. Like, yeah. they've got a little bit and of a Tim Burton two, vibe. Two oh, okay. little Oh my gosh, look at this. Happy Father's Day. That is so amazing, Birdie. And I made this. Yeah. And we're, we're doing a little art studio tour of Alberta's drawings. That is I love, and this is a new one that you did. No. You, yeah, no. you did this recently yeah. where you drew the hearts. You were, were you? Yeah, I helped you put that up. That oh, was last Merlin week. helped you put this up. Yeah. Yeah, when Merlin was here last week. Cool. Thank you, Bertie. What are you guys doing? We're on, we're the, just, we're on the internet. Yeah, See, we're on the World Wide Web. You're, you're on the internet right now, and there's a bunch of people watching you, and then we're on YouTube, too. Ooh. It's cool, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm still wearing my beat uniform. Thank you so much, nice. sweetie, for the amazing drawing. <laughs> okay, here, you can take this inside, okay? Yeah, oh, wait, there's actually only one piece left. You can have it. Um, Stanley Phillips is asking you, what are you going to do when everything dries up or not enough to do any projects with? Um, I'm guessing for the 8x10. Well, the plan is, um, <laughs> the plan is to use it all and, um, literally just kind of publish it all. So even if, like, I get just this much of an image, you know, on a sheet of uh, 804, the black and white stuff. Just keep it all. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you are in it now. Take it all out on the road as if it were fresh, and whatever I get, I get, okay. and show that. And the idea would be to do like a two book set, or like the front half of one book, and then the back half of one book. The front being the original stuff, and then the second half of the book, or the second book being all the, the expired stuff. Oh, and just cool. see how the two play against each other um, to kind of get an idea of like what it could look like but what it actually en it ended up looking like with the, the expired stuff as opposed to I didn't get the photo so I'm going to rip it up and then just keep trying burning through film to get the photo yes. I'm just going to get whatever I can get and just keep it all and kind of edit that way you know what I mean? That's wild. And do a kind of almost like a before and after kind of vibe. You know? Yeah, the colorful buttons make noises. Here, if you put this on, you can, you got to come closer. Is it loud? Oh, no, it's not really loud. So this one is the price is right button. Like music, like that's you have the warm, you have the Dude, of course. Horn? This this is what happens when you get like the really bad pull on Polaroid. Oh. Um. That's the best. <laughs>
<laughs> that's amazing that you have that. That's so funny. <laughs> it's really funny, right? And then there's like applause. Yeah, yeah. that's what people say when they see your art. They're really happy about it. Yeah, and they clap yeah. and I cheer. You want to press one? There you go. I can hear it. You can hear it. <laughs> and then what's this one? <laughs> this is one. What's up, buddy? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Gotta have dinner first. Do that one. <laughs> you want this it's one? We're, we're just on the internet now, Bob. Okay. Go ask mommy what uh, I, what what, what, what we're gonna so do for dinner, Bob. You sound hey, so sunny. loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, fun, right? Uh, you gotta have dinner first. Oh, you gotta push it one time. Thank just you, Just one time. Just a little tap. There you go. You did it. Now you gotta like walk down the aisle and be like, yeah, I'm on the prices right. I'm gonna win big. <laughs> okay, let us finish um, let us finish, Birdie, okay? And then I'll come inside. So we can have dinner. New old chloride says a petition for all future photography chats to be hosted by Alberta. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Okay, one more, and then you gotta go inside, boo-boo. Just one more. How do I press this off? Just push it down. Oh, and then oh, that's the, one the one clapping one. one. Yeah. You did it. No, it's still on. Yeah. Oh, oh the sound keeps going. Because we're, this is yeah. recording your dad now. Yep. Yeah. All right, when we're done talking, you can come back and play with the buttons, okay? Yeah, you can play with all the buttons. I don't want to play with the buttons. I'll just I'll see come and get you, more. boo. Give me a hug. I'll come and get you, okay? Oh, this is a microphone. And Eric, Eric says hi. Wait, he does? Yeah, he's the Eric Boo is Bay. right there on the internet. You know Bouvet. That's that's his that's him and Weasel. Wait, <laughs> Stanley's like, it should be a photo talk with Alberta featuring Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bertie, I'll come and get you, okay? Come on. Is Alberta. Nice with you, Bertie. Alberta. Bertie, I'm gonna I'll come and get you when we're done. Okay? Daddy, Come on. Doing? We're just doing a little, we're just chatting about uh, pictures and, and other boring things. <laughs> That's Merlin stuff. Hey, Bertie, Alberta, I'm going to come and get you when we're done. Okay, sweetie? Yeah, that is Merlin's uh, gear. I love you. Um, she's hilarious. She's amazing. <laughs> Your kids have great character, man. Oh, thanks. Um, what other questions do we had here? Someone wants a book of her drawings. Ooh, that'd be cool. That would be really cool. Um, actually, I had a question that someone was like, oh my god, I'm dying of cuteness. That's cute. <laughs> and they said, she's a spooky gal. <laughs> it's good, though. It's important to, like, the kids have that kind of, uh, like, interesting character themselves. And encourage, yeah. yeah. Every time they want to come into my office, I let them come in and, and they have a little drawing station over there. That's so cool. Um, you know, sometimes I have to say, I you girls can't be in here right now because sometimes it gets a little distracting. Yeah. But most of the time, you'll find that when you encourage, like, yeah, come in, instead of not right now, and then come and draw, and they have their little drawing station. And they do their little work. They get quiet and they just get into it. That's and it's right. rad to have that energy in, in the space. 
and then always coming over, look what I drew, look what I drew, look what I drew, you know? Just trying to encourage that is, I think, healthy. That's wicked awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they like to draw, and <clears throat> we play tag in the backyard and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, when they're older, you can take them on the photo trip sometimes? Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my boy, Sonny, who's 10, he's been on a few road trips. Um, and I think the last couple of road trips, he used this camera. Nice. And I have a box of undeveloped film, maybe 35 rolls of his from over the years, that one day when he's a little bit older, I'm gonna develop those rolls, but oh, wow. all with this camera from different road trips that we've taken. Um, my eldest son, who's 19, I have photos that he shot when he was like five and six. That's, so That's cool. one of the cool things about film is that it's archival, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, Alberta, who was just in here, she's burned some rolls of film with this. and. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, uh, my eldest son and my youngest son, they've been on road trips. Um, yeah, they've, they, all of them have, have exposed film in different ways, you know, over the years. Um, and it's just, yeah, their curiosity is really inspiring, of course. Yeah, they, they are stoked <clears throat> to kind of just do anything. My three-year-old will find leaves you know what I mean, and, and put them together. This one's green, this one's brown, and just how fascinated they are by stuff. You know, it's really inspiring because <laughs> it makes you realize how important it is to kind of stop and notice yeah. and value things that are otherwise just kind of whatever, everyday things that you see, uh, almost kind of on autopilot. Kids kind of look at that and like my, three-year-old Edie, she'll sit outside by my little sitting area and just play with rocks for 20 minutes. That's rad. And you're like, that's amazing. Adults suck. Because we always have shit to do. <laughs> Bills to pay, emails to answer, like, uh, I want to be able to go outside and sit for 20 minutes and be satisfied just playing with rocks. It's but there's always something that goes, oh shit, my phone buzzed. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got to re reply to that one email, or oh, I have that phone call, or oh, I have to go, whatever. Going back to work next you, week is right? going to suck. Yeah. Because, like, I just want to run away. Yeah. I'm like, I got a little, I got some wiggle room on the corporate card. Mm -hmm. I wonder how long I can disappear for before they get upset about it. Well, listen, you're going to take the, I'm, I've told Merlin to take Highway 1 up. Yes. And he's never been through Big Sur and all that stuff, so that's going to be incredible. Raymond, um, Raymond wants to know when dadlady.com is going live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ray Molinar is, is one of the, his family. He's a great photographer. Um, he, uh, we always joke about like dad stuff. Like, you know, you go to the good, you go to Goodwill and you find like coffee stained 70s mugs and stuff. Like we were talking yeah. about starting a website that sells all that stuff. That's amazing. Dad gear. Like used New Balance shoes, used tube socks, <laughs> fanny packs. Um, have, have you seen those? Dad, like, you know, like all used though and maybe not even pre-washed. Um, to have a, like dad, like... Yeah, just the, the, epic, the epic dad collection, you know, where, it, where you, when you open your package, it smells musty, like a Goodwill does, <laughs> you know, like a thrift store does. Have you seen those father-son videos where it's like the white That's one of dad. the best things I've ever seen 
if you've not seen it, it's Dude. the dad, the son's finally ready yeah. to start dressing he's like, like a dad. Yes. He's like, you gotta cinch the laces. <laughs> he's doing this. Yeah, like this. Comb the hair back. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's the docker shorts with the tall white socks, yeah. the white New Balance <laughs> shoes, the tucked in polo shirt. It's so good, that video. Yeah, it was a, they're in the restaurant, and the waitress is like, How was your meal? Mm -hmm. He's like, It's time. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, It was awful. Can't you see? <laughs> It's so good, those videos. Those videos are so great. Yeah. I'm yeah. all about the dad life. I'm all about dad gear. That was what I think surprised me the most about Boston when we were hanging out with you there. Was was there a lot of people that were wearing dad gear, you mean? No, no. Oh. Just that you, you, like, reminded me of, like, someone's kooky dad. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because you just, you, you were busting out. Those kind of you had a couple of dad jokes that you busted out. <laughs> yeah, I love dad jokes. My yeah. kids give me a hard time. Sometimes. And then you, you do like the laugh with the knee slap. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You're such a dick, Merlin. <laughs> no, but I mean it in like a good way. I, th I honestly believe that it works like that. There's something built in, I think, just kind of generationally, where as you get older, you do that stuff starts to kind of get into you. Yeah. Like mannerisms like I do do the knee slap and if somebody parks too far out from the curb you need to learn how to drop you know I'm you, gonna put you, a note on yeah this. you I'm gonna put a note on there you know <laughs> that stuff starts to creep in almost like a parasite and it gets into you and you can't help but be like uh, you didn't use your turn signal you know the kind of stuff my mom would say you need to learn how to drive mister you know that it's I think it just kind of happens without you realizing it I think so yeah and you but know what I'm okay with it Merlin I'm okay with it no I didn't mean it in a bad way no no I'm like, okay with it it was just like the because I was worried about you being a jerk when I went to Boston uh -huh. and I was like nah he's just like he's a kooky dad kooky dad I'm okay with kooky dad I'm okay it's, with kooky uncle he's a great vibe fun uncle yeah I'm, I'm a funkle or you're a funkle I'm fun yeah, yeah funkle Merlin yeah. Funkle. Funkle Merlin. I like that. <laughs> I'm, I, I need to get a bigger place so that when my um, niece and nephew are a bit older, they can come like hang out in Vancouver like in the summer. And have times. a playroom for them. Yeah, because yeah. like right now I'm in like a basement studio. Mm -hmm. and it's like, nah, that's, that's but not. But you got it set up though, right? For shooting photos and stuff, right? No, so. Um, or that's a separate spot. It's, it's a separate that's spot. Right. But so, you have seamlesses and all that stuff for photo shoots and stuff, right? I, yeah, I've got some backdrops. I need to, like this winter, I'm going to like fi do finish the dark room and the bathroom. And then I want to do like a permanent mount for like backdrops. Because like right now, I just set up like that's a awesome. backdrop stand. Um, and it's in such a funky place. Like it's an mm -hmm. old motel that uh, wow. they've converted into an artist residence. Yeah. Um, when I met Kevin Smith during the Clerks 3 screening, I was like, hey, like, you know, if you have time, like, come by to this, like, studio that I'm in. It used to be a, a cracky motel. There was, like, a couple of confirmed murders, but, like, no one's died there since we've moved in. And Kevin Smith is like, you're really selling it, man. Like, just <laughs> keep, funny. keep Kevin stuff. went to film school in Vancouver. <laughs> he did. He went to VFS. That's where he met Dave Klein, who shot Clerks yeah. and Mole Rats. And Dave Klein went on to do big things as a cinematographer. Yeah, but the they met in Vancouver. Great. And then back in Jersey when Kevin was working at Quickstop. I think Kevin bought Quickstop. Oh, wow. I think so. Um, they filmed Clerks there. He, he shared a funny story about the Quickstop where he was just like, he's like, there's an extra bitterness he has towards it because um, when he got hired, it was supposed to be in the convenience store side. 
but the guy that owned the joint owned the re the video shop yeah. and the convenience store, and he's like, "Hey, like I'm hiring you for like the convenience side, but like every once in a while, I'll just get you to cover shifts yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the video yeah. store." And then Kevin's like, "The dude bait and switched me. Mm. It was just you're you're stuck in the video store," and he's like, mm. "Hated the video store." Like, mm. you know, he he wanted to be where all the action was, which was ah. the convenience store. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, movie stores are kind of cool. Like, one of my old best friends, she worked at Movie Mart in Kamloops. And Tarantino worked at a movie a video store, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he did. And, like, I, I'm kind of bummed out that movie uh, stores don't exist anymore. Because, like, that yeah. it was a huge part of my childhood. Is like, Big part. It was so fun to rent VHS yeah. tapes. And you go in the place, it smells like popcorn, and, like, you, you go rent the VHS it, it tape. Was the, it was the thing. It was yeah. the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to reminisce and get nostalgic and sentimental and all that yeah. stuff. And the this progress. generation sucks, you know. Well, it was better with VHS tape. <laughs> you know, but in a lot of ways, it, you know, a lot of that fun has gone out. You know, like, you say, oh, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, let's go rent some videos. So you'd go to the video place. You'd spend what felt like two hours because nobody could make up their mind, right? Yeah. Do you, no, let's do a comedy. No, it's almost like scrolling now through yeah. Netflix. You're like, no, but you'd have to get in your car and drive, which was fun because then yeah. you would chat. And then maybe and then you'd find a different adventure along you, the way. Yeah, you'd maybe, oh, actually, let's grab some donuts. You grab some donuts. Yeah. Now you door dash it and you scroll it <laughs> and you're just on your couch. Or Super it's like, rad. I, 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 I will door dash <laughs> some donuts. Or it's like you look at door. I don't but like what's on the DoorDash. And then you do Uber Eats, and then you're like, "What's on Netflix? Nothing good. What's on Apple TV? What's on like HBO?" It was fun to walk the aisles of a video store yes. and pick the video. And then and I was then always curious about like the forbidden back room because like you know it was never allowed back there. Most disappointing thing when I was like old enough to go mm, back. Yeah. Was just like, and then the whole premise of it. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're renting this thing that other people rented. <laughs> And you'd not rewind it, and you'd go, oh, I forgot to rewind the tape. 75 cents. They're going to yeah. give me a, a penalty. Ah. I, there, there's a funny thing in Clerks 3 about that, where it's like, you know, they had a rewind fee from like 20 years ago. That's funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, that was fun to, to leave the house and yeah. go rent a video. I, I don't think I'd say, though, that this generation sucks, because like there's... No. It's different. No. Yep. And in some ways, different in a really great way because mm -hmm. they haven't really been given the best opportunities from the people handing it to them mm -hmm. right now. Like, a lot of shit's pretty fucked up now. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of feel like there was a lot more hope in, like, the 70s and 80s and, like, mm -hmm. you know, people that came up in that sort of era had yeah. a lot more opportunity. Now mm -hmm. it's like, you know, my niece and nephew probably won't ever own a house. Like, mm -hmm. that'll be, like, a far-out thing to even just, like, fathom owning a house kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, values have shifted a bit and, like, what's important has shifted a bit. But it's really interesting to see how a lot of these kids are adapting, how they're creating, how yeah. they're, like, changing the paradigms of, like, what work looks like. Yeah. Because, like, the whole nine-to-five and have a career and all of that, yeah. it's kind of getting blown out of the water right yeah. now. And it is cool that um, you can go out with your phone and make a video. Yeah. And edit on your phone. Dude, it's crazy. Like, you know, the iPhone blows my mind because, yeah. like, I'll just have a bunch of photos on here and it'll be like, hey, 
here's some memories for you. And yeah. it makes like a video. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is actually a decent, yeah. decent video. Our, uh, our 14 year old daughter um, applied to an arts high school yeah, and uh, for the cinematic arts program. And they had to make a three minute uh, short video with their iPhones and edit on the iPhone. And uh, with, you're not allowed help from your parents or anybody else. Oh, wow. And she submitted it and got accepted, which was really exciting. So she's in high school now. And she did all of it with just her, just an iPhone. And it's wild. It's, 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 uh, and it's really, really cool what, what they can do with that kind of stuff. Yeah, like the iPhone, what the iPads can do and stuff blows my mind yeah. like this thing never ceases to amaze me um yeah yeah like the the access to things that kids can make shit with now yeah it's bonkers it is bonkers for sure like yeah i i feel like a dinosaur trying to like piece this shit together and like you yeah know, figure it out and i'm like if i gave this to my niece mm. she'd probably like be like all right this is how your show is going to be better in like a half hour <laughs> it's insane what how filming something Editing with Premiere, yeah, and having something turned in by the end of the weekend. Teenagers are doing that kind of stuff now. That's you know wild. what I mean? I love it. It's fantastic. Is Casper thinking of like doing movies and stuff? Huh? What? <laughs> what? Oh. Um. Oh, they're all they're screenwriting class. Um, they're writing, you know, sample. I have to turn the. Uh, I mean, look, I'm literally turning off the AC <laughs> with this thing on my phone. That's so weird. Um, yeah, they're right. They have screenwriting class. They're writing mo uh, sample screenplays. They're editing. Everybody has a lap a MacBook Pro. Everybody's using Premiere and editing, and it's really, really incredible um, how easily you can make stuff. And the other cool thing too, I think, is that um, when we were younger and coming up, we were all about sort of now. You know what I mean? I think that um, our kids now are also very open to the past and other, uh, you know, um, from you know types of music, bands, um, shooting film, pocket cameras. My yeah. uh, my 19 year old always has a pocket of 35 millimeter pocket camera on. So he can run, he's running camcorders, iPhones, uh, point and shoot cameras, running Premiere, animation, Wacom tablets, and doing, it's all yeah. just, and they're just into like, um, you know, there was a disconnect when I was a kid in the 70s and 80s. It was like, oh, that's my kind of, my parents over there, and they've got their thing, yeah. their style, their music, right? I feel like, um, at least with my kids anyway, they're more, they're open to sort of things. There's a, there's more of a, the kids that I've seen through my kids, there's a lot of openness to the past. Older technologies, new technologies, new music, old music, and there's just a kind of more broad openness, I think, with, with the kids these days. Well, and I was, I was not into certain things as a kid because they weren't cool or whatever. You know what I mean? I, you, yeah. Yeah, I, I had to get older to think it's to go, cool. oh, I actually like the old country music that my stepdad and mom were listening to in the 70s. I actually like Hank Williams. 
Hank Williams is great. I love Hank Williams, of course. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, that's not cool. I was only wanting to listen to the Smiths and Black Flag and stuff like that. So there was a disconnect, certainly. That girl and Nikki There's less of a disconnect now, it seems. That girl and Nikki at breakfast the other day, she didn't know who Woody Guthrie was. Mm. And, because, like, she was asking about my Nikon F5, which... Its name is Woodrow because, like, I have that like mm-hmm. you know, this machine stops time. And yeah, she's yeah. She's like, "Oh, what's that about?" And like, well, it's like a tribute to Woody Guthrie because, like, he would write "This Machine Kills Fascists" on his mm-hmm. guitar. And she's like, "Oh, who's that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you don't know who Woody Guthrie is." Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's trippy when, when, yeah, when you think that people. But I think to uh, to, to my point is that there's a, there's more knowledge. It seems like. So Especially with the, with the more sort of creative kids, I guess you could say. You know, the kids that are more interested in movies or yeah. they go to maybe specialty high schools that are, you know, specialize in the arts or focus on the arts. It's surpri- like, oh, like talking to teenagers these days about their favorite Bob Dylan records. Um, Armand says that you need to bring your uh, track shoes. My track shoes? Yeah. Oh. I think he's talking about, like, uh, New Balances. Oh, yeah, for days. Um, oh, Pete's here. Oh, Pete. Yeah. Pete, um, Pete's fantastic. He's, he's who he's, bought my car. He my did. My town car. My, um, um, and drove it back to the East Coast from California. Oh, <laughs> Darmon's like, you need the track shoes to run from the bum. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I, I, um, I, that, that makes me super <laughs> proud as a as 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 a dad to um, to have that kind of investment in my kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, it's super. And my mom was like that too. My mom was very cool about me skateboarding, even though I wasn't really doing well in school. And skateboarding meant I wasn't going to do school. Yeah, she was very cool about it. But I, I it's very important for me to. And it takes a lot of practice, honestly, uh, to sort of walk that line between being a friend and being a parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, ex, you know, being super open to what they're into without f- and not forcing what you are into. Yeah. And sort of walking that line between like, that's cool that you're into that. That's not really my thing. Check this out. See if you dig it. And you find really cool... Um, um, the relationship gets interesting. The relationships with your kids get interesting when you can kind of share stuff. And so it's important to me that without pushing anything on them, sharing with them skateboarding, photography, the mm-hmm. arts, movies, music, and just kind of seeing how they, how they respond. Um, and uh, it seems like there's a, a, a big openness with a lot of this generation, I think. That maybe wasn't there. I think it was a lot different when I was younger. The disc, yeah. There was a more of a disconnect between the, the teenagers and their parents. Well, yeah, there was a, like, it was like almost like a war kind of thing. Like, you know, you versus them. and New versus old. Yeah, you don't want to... I like, think it's all a little bit more mixed together, you know, uh, these days from what I've seen anyway. Well, and there's, there's so much that, you know, kids can glean from, from mm-hmm. like, hanging out with older folks. Like... Um, I never really had a problem with that when I was a kid because, like, my best friend when I was, like, five was, like, this 72-year-old man down the street, Mr. Short, that uh, he was a watchmaker for the Hudson's Bay Company. Rad. 
and uh, so I'd like hang out with him and he'd like show me like mm. his workshop and mm -hmm. I mean now it's like you know I tell people a story and they're like did he touch you like you know <laughs> you, you went in his basement and uh, yeah. I was like okay mm. um, his wife did not like our friendship she thought it was really weird that like her husband was hanging out with like this little kid but like he does. We sit on his back stoop, and he just like talk about like life and the world. That's and rad. Things like that, and it just it gave me a really different perspective. And yeah. So I've always like kind of seeked that kind of thing and been more curious about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, why suffer through shit if you don't have to? Yeah. <laughs> she looks a lot happier this time. Yeah. <laughs> she was bummed before. Uh oh. Somebody just want to say here. So she got a, di a different bottle and she didn't like it. Hi, Edie. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron said that he's going to visit Armand with a ski mask and a crowbar and a cup of who knows what. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you have a gem there? That's cool. So I, I had one question yeah. for you before we, we wrap up. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Mr. Jason Polig. Um, is wondering what your favorite film camera to work with is. <sighs> I mean, it just depends on what it's for, really. I mean, uh, it's no secret that this is the easiest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's literally just in your hand as you're walking around and you're just kind of firing at will. Um, and it's good for w when I use it and where I use it. Uh, um, I like the Leica M6. It's a beautiful camera. You know, um, as well. And then the, the 4x5. Um, you know, when I'm uh, just kind of out quietly, aimlessly driving around, it's nice to pull into somewhere and take the tripod out of the trunk and... You and you know that's nice to and I like I like the you know I like the um, the look of the portrait through the old I, the the lens that I use on my four x five is an old Kodak Ektar lens from nineteen forty one yeah it's kind of flat low contrast I don't think it's coded and I like that scratch. sort of muted washed out kind of smooth color palette yeah. for 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 certain things but then like the grainier more saturated Kodak Gold 200 for certain things. It just kind of depends, you know? Yeah. And you, the 4 by it's a Wista, wooden Wista that you've been rocking, right? I was using a speed graphic for a number of years, but it, I got to probably send it to Armand to just kind of go through it, but it's all sticky and janky and uh. banged up. Um, I got a nice wooden Wista from Ray Molinar and then I had SK Grimes. They make lens boards on the East Coast. They, it's a machine shop. They made a Wista lens board for my, um, the Ektar lens. Oh, nice. So I have a much easier and smoother 4x5 camera, but I get to use the old, the old glass on it. Is so the, that's what I'm using for 4x5. Four, four I've got uh, the metal Wista. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that camera. Yeah. Like, it's such a dream to work with. It, the wooden, it's so light. Um, yeah, the the metal one is not light. Yeah, it's so light and compact, and I think uh, the the metal four x five weighs almost as much as the Deerdorf does, mm. which is kind of bonkers. 
But you know, uh, you know, it's funny is the last road trip I took with Ray Molinar, we only had the four by five cameras. And because I had been doing a bunch of morning walks with this, yeah. when we were driving around, we were in Arizona and uh, I think we, yeah, we went to Arizona. What's that hilly town in Arizona that's really haunted? Um, I'm not sure. It's really cool. I had been there before, but I found myself missing this. Oh, for the first time, because normally when I'm kind of just out roaming around in the car, I'm only with the four by five in my head. You know what I mean? But this last road trip, because I had been using this so much, I was like, I should have brought, I should, and maybe that's just me getting a little bit older. Like, <laughs> oh, I could have just fired away yeah. driving down this road right here and not had to, you know, get out and set up the game. Like, it's just so much easier with this fucking thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I found myself missing this. So I think next time I go out, I'm going to have the smaller camera and the 4x5. That's a good idea. So that I can, if I'm feeling kind of motivated to shoot something with the 4x5, but then have the quickness yeah. as I'm just kind of roaming, you know what I mean, uh, with this thing. So I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring this out or the M6 next time I um, I hadn't done it since Oklahoma I had the medium format the large format and That's the right. 35 for Oklahoma but this thing I mean is just so and then quick. Then was that all four by five or did you use four by five and 35 with the M6? Nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, this thing these can kind of spoil you. They're they're nice, you know. I, the 28 is, I'd like to find one, but they're so bloody expensive now. They are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, last question. Yeah. Because, like, you yeah, we'll probably need to wrap up and deal with the kids and stuff. Um, Dinner time, bath time. Yeah. What time is it? Uh, 6.40. Yeah, 6.40. Nice. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised to hear that you left Texas. Oh. Because there's some people that still think you were in Texas. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. it. Oh, yeah, I sometimes get, like, um, questions through Instagram, like, what part of Texas do you live in? Yeah. No. So just, like, you, know, you, you guys just miss California? Or? Well, um, uh, we have a lot of amazing friends in Texas, some of the most incredible people. Um, we met some amazing people there. We had two more kids there. My wife started her brand, Oddbird Company. I published a couple of books, and we met just some amazing people. Yeah. Um, but it just it just kind of felt like our run there was done. Mm. You know what I mean? Shorter than expected. Um, and but we love Texas, and we love the people, and of course we're friends with everybody still to this day. Yeah. And it was a very fruitful, productive four years. You know. Denton's a pretty magical spot. It's great. I mean, certainly it's a shame to see how fast it's developing. That was something yeah. that was bothersome to us that, you know, it seemed like every two weeks there was another strip mall popping up. Yeah. That was a big bummer. And, you know, the road out, out, we lived on the outskirts and we had some land. You know, pretty much every month you would drive home from the square, you know, under the 35W freeway there would be a new building popping up, a new business. Getting closer. And, and it was just encroaching. And, and then they built a big gas plant kind of out where we were oh. um, with the big smokestacks. And that was kind of a bummer. 
And it was kind of like a combination of we were meant to be there. It was so fruitful and productive and so fulfilling and amazing, but kind of missing the West Coast a little bit. And, um, and then just Denton, so cool, but growing a little too fast. There's so much construction in the, the tri-state area. Is that what they call it? The DFW. The DF, you know, Denton, what's the, don't, isn't there a name for the triangle? But, oh. you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, Denton, you know, yeah. just tremendous development and constant construction, which is great, whatever, but it was just, um, it didn't feel as remote after a while where we were. It felt like there was just constant construction and development. I kind of noticed that when I was back. Like going the different times you've come back, did you yeah. notice more stuff popping up? Well, so it's been three years since I've been back because of yeah. like all this shit that's been going yeah. on. And um, it felt bigger. Like it just, if mm. it didn't have the same feel anymore. Because mm -hmm. like, when, the first time I went in 2018, I kind of liked that it had the sort of like a sleepy quality to it kind of thing. And I remember I, I went there first in 2004. Oh, shit. Right? And to see the Midlake guys, the band Midlake. And yeah. they made a music video. Um, and it definitely had more of that feel, you know. <laughs> Dude, the Coach Frank music video kills me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we lived... We lived... Um, on the outskirts. And it was, you know, a nice, quiet kind of road. And all you would see was, you know, you just you would just see cows and stuff like that. And then after a while, you started seeing like massive business. Oh, Eric. That whole area is gonna, I think is becoming like, an, like a business complex, like an industrial, where all the cows used to be. Um, Eric said Jerome, Arizona. Jerome, Arizona is amazing. It's so trippy and haunted and it's way up on a hill and you see this, the, everything down below. But yeah. Alan, sorry, Alan was saying M6 show at one of the Leica galleries, question mark. Say again? M6 show at one of the Leica galleries, question mark. Actually in May, Alan, I'm doing an exhibition at Leica Gallery London around the time of Photo London. Oh, that's exciting. But, yeah, I mean, um, uh, we'd love to do more with Leica for sure. Um, but, yeah, very excited about that. Um, I'm going to show uh, photos. Uh, I did a book a couple of years ago called In the Gold Dust Rush with Stanley Barker. Yeah. They are a UK publisher. And so they are working with Leica Gallery London to do a show and... Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna use that opportunity to release the special edition copies of that book. Oh, cool! So that's something we're gearing up to to do for May of next year. That one was a hardcover and stuff. So it's gonna be different. With yeah, it'll come with a slip. We're gonna do a certain amount that come with a slip cover and a signed print nice. and all. We're gonna do like a special edition version of that. And you're still doing the Plain View special edition. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna re-release a Plain View as well at some point, and then do the Oklahoma book as well, which we we never did. So yeah. there's there's a few things on the sort of projects list. Cruise ship. Cruise ship yeah. was pandemic. Uh, it was oh we have to reprint this, but we can't get the paper, and then this happened, and we have to move from this plant to that plant because it was right in the heart of everything, just yeah taking a nosedive. And I couldn't dedicate any more time to it because mm. I had to start making 
the book with Stanley Barker because we had a deadline on that. Oh, okay. So it was that hard tr decision of like, I have to just let it go for now and focus on the Stanley Barker book, which had like a deadline. Because yeah. Cruise Ship was self-published. Yeah, film photographic. Stanley Barker had sort of like a They're schedule. Like, so I had, to, I had to abandon that and work on the Stanley Barker book. Okay. So, but cruise ship could happen. Oklahoma will happen. And then a new, a, a, a second printing of a plain view. Nice. Just trying to manage, you know, yeah. when all of that can happen. But I, that's the idea anyway. Are you looking at maybe building up film photographic a bit more to like bring in other photographers? That's the idea. That's or? the idea. It's hard though. I mean, you know, um, that's sort of the, the idea with film photographic originally was to publish books. Mm. And, um, and then we started an Instagram page and we started sharing, you know, that was honestly a little bit hard to keep up with. Um, and so I thought, you know what, I kind of just want to take a little bit of a break from that for now in terms of it being like a big film community. It's unbelievably such an honor to have so many people share their work. And it was so inspiring. I think we had, we had so many like people tagging film photographic. So cool. But it just was a lot to manage. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what, let's just kind of take a break from that side of it for a minute and just see if we can't just focus on books for a while and see how that goes. But even that's tough because, um, you know, it's hard to have, to dedicate, to find the time needed to dedicate to making books as like a, an ongoing kind of publisher. Yeah. So it might be a book every three years or something like that, you know, that's but cool. the idea is to publish new people and, um, and as diverse a, a group as we can and all of that. But it's just, again, it's um, with all that we have going on, all the skateboarding stuff and yeah. all the kids that we have. And you know what I mean? It's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot to kind of... You guys have been going on beast mode with stereo. St yeah, stereo is, you know, and the, st and the specialty projects that we're doing with Prime, like the reissues and stuff like that. There always seems to be something going on. But the book stuff is super important, but it's just another thing that requires a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what, sweetheart? I'm so it's sorry. I gave Birdie the last piece of gum. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that you know, we we will hopefully continue to make books, um, and you know, just we hope for the best with that. It's just a lot of work. I, I can only imagine. Like no. I've done a couple self-published ones. And yeah, like, that was a lot of work just no. doing that. And then I had an idea, like during pandemic times, to like do a thing to help other people. Yeah, like make books because yeah. a bunch of people were like wanting help with that, and they're like, I have all these pictures, but I don't know what yeah. to do. And like, it's trick. It's really tricky. You know, it, it's a lot of time. Like at that, like uh, what Clint does with Deadbeat Club. He's very efficient and he gets a lot done, you yeah. know what I mean? And then MacBooks and Stanley Barker, M-A-C-K books, yeah. right? And Stanley Barker. These are people that are just like, every day that's their focus, is like making books, making books. And like it's all dialed in. I, the dream is to eventually get there if possible, but there's so much other stuff going on as well. So anyway. Yeah, the Deanna Templeton book they put out was... Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Such a great book. Yeah, that's uh, right. What she said. Yep. Yeah. Based on a Smith's um, song. 
beautifully done too. Beautifully, they make right. beautiful books, MacBooks. Yeah. Yeah. And Clint Woodside does the Deadbeat Club calendar, um, and he's doing a few books a year, I think. That's and cool. Stanley Barker, I think they do like ten books a year. I mean, it takes it's a minute a to get to that place. I think you know what I mean, where you're doing ten books a year. That, yeah. You're dialed in. You know what I mean. I'd like to get there at some point, you know. Maybe not ten books, but maybe two a year or something like that. Well, the quality of your guys' books is great. Like, um, Raymond's book is so nice. Raymond's Polaroid's book is beautiful. It turned uh, out great, yeah. I'm, I'm a little miffed because, like, someone was visiting, and they were looking at it, and they put it down on my kitchen counter, and there was, like, some oil on the thing, and so it's like, I have, like, an oil splotch on the back of it now, and I'm like... Uh. <laughs> But, you know, you got to clean your counters after you cook food, Merlin, right? Yeah, it was a tiny apartment is, is the problem. Um, what kind of oil was it? I think olive oil. Olive oil? Were you making pasta? No, no. Um, I can't remember what I was cooking now. Um, let's make it a curry. Let's end it like this. If you could only use one camera, it would be what? Like one that I own or like... Uh, one that you own. One that I... My Nikon F5. Your Nikon F5, great camera. Um, How about you? Uh, probably the Wista 4x5 with the old Ektar lens. Mm, as a beauty. Um, or just any 4x5 with that Ektar lens on it. Um, uh, Food. Oh, food. Oh, geez. Any food. And I if mean, you these are probably boring questions, but I'm just curious. No, I, I like I like questions like these though. Um, if you, it's the only thing you're yeah, eating, yeah, it's your be it's the best food ever you've ever eaten. Oh, the best food I've ever. Oh, eaten? Oh yeah, the the only like, oh, okay. Food. The best food I've ever eaten mm -hmm. was at this place in Vancouver that's gone now. It was called. Um, oh shit! It's used to be, uh, it's called Autostrada now, but mm -hmm. it had a different name before. Still the same owner, Chef Lucas, the guy's brilliant. But they used to do this, Chinara is what it was called. Uh -huh. It was in Homer and uh, Pender Street okay. under the old Victorian Hotel. Mm -hmm. Beautiful spot, tiny little restaurant. But they did this, um, their menu was different every day, depending mm -hmm. on what they got in. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lucas would do a daily chef's sort of like surprise kind of thing. It was like a five course meal. Yeah. And all they would ask you is, do you have any food allergies or food fears? And then they would That's just- That's it, and they would just bring you- Yeah, and you would just eat whatever they bring you. They would bring you giraffe tail, bunny <laughs> rabbit ears. It wasn't anything that weird, but uh, the very first time I went there, and this got me hooked, um, he made this pork raviolo. So this is like a big like raviolo wow. basically. But it was made from rendered pig heads. So wow, that's gnarly. He did like a crazy catering thing. And, he and had it these, was the best pig head raviola dude, you've ever had. He had. He's like, I have these five pig heads. I don't know what to do with them. So he like rendered them down, got all the meat off of them, okay. made like a thick, rich stock out of it. Mm -hmm. And then used that stock to make a cream sauce that he mixed with the pork meat. And then took fresh peas and like stuffed these raviolos with them and then mm -hmm. drizzled the cream sauce on top. That's incredible. And... Like when I ate it, it was like you have a tear moment. Like wow, it was that's just amazing. like such an amazing thing to eat. You should find out where this guy is now. 
Oh, he's still in Vancouver. He, oh, runs, okay. he runs a chain called Autostrada now. Mm. But okay. it's not quite the same as Trinara used to be. It's mm. a little more like, wow. commercialized. Okay. What about you? Uh, Mediterranean food. Mediterranean food is great. My wife is Turkish. Dude, I've seen the stories of like your guys. Oh yeah, we use the Turkish. We use the Turkish stove. Uh, Mediterranean food. The only music you could listen to. <sighs> That's way too difficult. Way too difficult. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. I do have to say though, like, you are an amazing music guide. There was. Uh, the last time I did mushrooms was during the pandemic in Toronto. Wow. And we were talking on Instagram. And, and you were just blasting Slayer? No, no. Um, I didn't tell you I was on mushrooms, but um, you were giving me music recommendations. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it was like one of the best trips I've ever had. Whoa. like, you know, all these recommendations. Blind Willie McTell. Yeah, I was get a, a lot oh, of the man. old blues stuff, huh? Yeah, that was yeah. so good. And then you're like, and when you're ready for bed, put on Miles Davis. Kind um, of blue. Yes. Flamenco Sketches is like my favorite song of all time. Yeah. It's and the like, last track on Kind of Blue. Jazz would be my music. Yeah. Probably because you can do sort of like more up-tempo sort of bebop jazz, and then you can listen to um, In a Silent Way by Miles Davis. Or, that was the or, one. That was the bedtime one you. Where it's me. two tracks. Yeah. And then um, you know, so there's so much variety within it, and you can even listen to like mellow stuff. Where Charlie Parker did a record called Charlie Parker with strings, mm. so it's got that kind of sweeping, kind of mellow vibe. And then you can listen to Ornette Coleman and Charlie Mingus, and the more kind of experimental, sometimes hard to listen to shit. Yeah. But that works sometimes when you're in that zone. Yeah. And, and then the more mellow, you know, like flamenco sketches off of Kind of Blue is that song breaks me every time. Um, so within one genre, you can get so many different f feelings. So that's why I would put jazz as number one. It's a great, it's a great genre. Yeah. And also like a big inspiration for stereo, right? Huge. Yeah. Chris Pastris, my partner at Stereo, his dad is a big jazz aficionado, jazz player. He wrote a book on Jelly Roll Morton and he's a, he knows a, a ton of, uh, about jazz. Chris brought that flavor to, to Stereo. Huh? That food is here. Oh, food is here? <laughs> okay, All right, well, so it's time um, to sign off. On that note. I hope nobody, I hope nobody was too bored. <laughs> I don't think anyone was bored at all with it. We, Mommy, we kept a Daddy, good group of yeah? people. Daddy, um, Is it time for dinner? Mommy's in the bath. Okay, oh. so I'm going to go make dinner, yeah? Okay. Thanks. Okay, Sweet. awesome, Merlin. Oh, dude, thank you so much. So awesome. Come by anytime. Well, thank you. This is the second time we've done this. Yes. It's such an honor, and I'm stoked that this is uh, the 39th time you've done this. Well, right? This, this is episode 39. This year. Yeah. Of this year. Of this year? Yeah, I'm in season three. How many episodes have you done? Uh, like a hundred and... What? I was way off. Yeah, it, I had Samsonite. Like... I was way <laughs> off. <laughs> Mary Samson. Yeah. Oh, you know what um, I always think about with Dumb and Dumber? He's, he's Lloyd Christmas. Yeah. She's Mary Swanson. Mary Christmas. It, I feel like it's a little hint at the very beginning of the movie that it's, it's not going to happen. Because there's no way somebody could be named Merry Christmas. Dude, so I had a little bit of... Right? What, what, I don't know if anybody's caught that, but that Dumb and Dumber is one of my favorite movies of all time. What was Jeff's name in it? 
because um, there's Lloyd Christmas and then um, yeah, Lloyd Christmas and Harry 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 Dunn. Yeah, so I had a Harry moment at Tim uh-huh. Rodrigo's house uh-huh. when before we came to your house. Okay, I'm like, hey Tim, can I use your washroom? Oh, and it did. You dropped a huge deuce, and <laughs> no. it didn't flush. So it wasn't. It wasn't that it was a huge deuce. It was a travel deuce. So it was, so like, it was like a gnarly travel <laughs> deuce. You Merlin, that guy's bastard. <laughs> You straight and up put some wizard. I, you, you put up some sorcery shit. Yeah, I had, in that a, I had a hairy moment with it because I was like, I'm looking, and I'm like, fuck. There's like no plunger. And was there I'm a like, window? Well, the, it wasn't a stinky one, but it was just like it wasn't flushing. And then I'm like, do I try again? It, it the water's too high. I'm like, it can't try again. And I'm like, do I like punch it and then just like really wash my hands really well? Because like this is the first time. Wait, I'm you mean Tim. physically punch the water with your hand? No, like punch the poo. To like make it go. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, about having, to, I'm about to have bitter dude. I, That's nasty. I was having a real panic moment and it reminded me of Dumb and Dumber. And then I was like, I just gotta own this. And I came out and I was like, Tim, I'm, do you have a plunger? I'm really embarrassed. And he's like, What did you do? And I'm like, What do you what do you need a plunger for in a bathroom, Tim? That's amazing. I mean, yeah. but you would you had no choice, you had to say something. I had to say something. Because if you left and didn't say something and he found it, he would have known it was you. Yeah, there's no Because it was probably just you two in the house. Yeah. It, see, I could have like pled ignorance if I used the same bathroom as Armand, because Armand used the upstairs bathroom and I was waiting to use that one. And Tim Did like, he know which bathroom you were using? Yes. He did. Because like, if he didn't know, you could have said, oh, yeah. I tried to use that bathroom, but it had mad deuce in it. <laughs> I was terrified to use your bathroom when we got here. Because like, we went from Tim's house here. So I, I used the Starbucks bathroom up on, like, over there. Because um, I was like, I can't ruin two bathrooms in one day. Wow. Like, it just... You are the bathroom <laughs> destroyer. It was fucking embarrassing. Wow. I'm glad we're, we're ending this thing talking about deuces. You went deuces wild. I went deuces wild. In that, well, guy's, in that so, guy's toilet. Oh shit, Octavia Sharp. The episode with her was fucking hilarious because I learned from her that if you eat nothing but Fruit Loops for a whole day, you like shit the rainbow. Dude, this is turning into like a shit talking podcast. <laughs> Hi, tune in here with Merlin where we talk shit, literally. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Did but you try the Fruit Loop rainbow shit? No, I've never, I, no. But I did when I was a younger guy and was living off of like Campbell's Hardy Soups mm-hmm. for, for a minute. Oh yeah. I tried the chowder and uh, that terrified me. I thought I was dying because I'm like, what is that? Like it looked like I, it was street chalk in the. You are nasty Merlin. You are no longer allowed to use my toilet. <laughs> Even if you say it's just a number one. It will always be a number one. You're banned. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, thank you for um, (laughs) spending some time on the chat with me. Um, Next week, I'm going to have Ethan, a.k.a. Camerodactyl, on the chat. And, uh, yeah, I'll play the exit music here. And... uh, let Mr. Mocha walk us out. <laughs> this podcast caught fire after the foot. <laughs> I mean, it happens sometimes. It gets weird not on the chat. And that's, that's all right, it's real. That's the point. Aaron right? Lopez is brought to you by Charmin. <laughs> <laughs>
So we need sponsorship from two. It's like, you know, the photo chat yeah. brought to you by Pellegrino um, and also by Charmin, uh, extra strong. Because, um, you know, you want to have that extra strength. Those, oh yeah, uh, yeah. the four numbers. ply. You need exactly. the, you need the eight ply. Yeah, or ten ply. Yeah, you know, you know at, at certain times, the Pellegrino thing reminded me of uh, your that skate talk you did. Yeah, dude, that was so fun. I'm all about. The, oh yeah, drink. Yes, drink. Yeah, you gave camera food. What about drink? Oh, drink. Mmm, coffee. Me too. Yeah, I couldn't give me that too. one up. I'm gonna go make another coffee right now. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Appreciate y'all and stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.